0: You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Can everyone be a genius? What if every human started with the same intellectual tools at birth? We'll talk to an expert who says everything we've been told about genetics, talent, and IQ is wrong.
1: The whole concept of innate talent, natural talent, gene-given talent, this fixed IQ that we were supposedly born with and can't do anything about, that's really a bunch of malarkey.
0: Then we're all getting older, but what if you make your health your hobby? Can you turn back the clock and feel younger and live longer? We'll find out from an expert. We all need a hobby.
1: And during my 40 years in medical practice, I noticed there was one feature that was common among healthy prime timers. They
0: made health their hobby. We'll have those stories and more coming up next on this edition of InfoTrek. Don't go away. We'll get things started in just a moment. Welcome back to InfoTrack. I'm Roy Mackey. You've probably heard the old claim, humans only use about 10% of our brains. So is your IQ pre-programmed at birth, or are we all potential geniuses? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall is here to find out. Taryn?
2: Thanks, Roy. Our guest is David Shank. He writes regularly about genetics, talent, and intelligence at TheAtlantic.com. He's advised the President's Council on Bioethics, and he's the author of several books on this topic. The latest one is called The Genius in All of Us, Why Everything You've Been Told About Genetics, Talent, and IQ is Wrong. So let's start shooting down some myths right from the start. Is our potential essentially set from birth by our DNA?
1: It's really not. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It turns out that genes are actually very responsive to the environment. Genes actually are more like switches that get turned on and off from the very first moment of conception all the way through our lives. So genes and our brain respond to environmental demands.
2: But does that mean that you believe that certain people do not have such a thing as innate or God-given talent for music or art or something else? Not everyone has the potential to be a Michael Jordan or Eric Clapton, do they?
1: Well, there's only going to be one Michael Jordan, and there's only going to be one Eric Clapton. There's only going to be one David Schenck, one Mozart. I mean, we're all going to be unique individuals because we do have a unique gene signature, and we also have unique lives. But in terms of actually discovering what our potential is, yes, the answer to your question is, I'm saying that the whole concept of innate talent, natural talent, gene-given talent, This fixed IQ that we were supposedly born with and can't do anything about, that's really a bunch of malarkey. We're all born with a lot of potential, and we don't know what our individual potential is until we explore that and apply maximum resources to it.
2: How do these top achievers reach the peaks that they do, or do they even know how they do it?
1: Well, most super achievers do have a pretty good insight into the process. They may not know everything, obviously, a lot of this stuff happens even before they're you know, tracking it themselves, but the key thing here is process. All of our skills, whether it's skills that build up our intelligence, skills that amount to a certain type of athletic ability or musical ability, all of these are skills that we develop. Some of them, as I said, do kind of develop very early on, and, and not all of them we have complete control over as parents or as children. But it is a matter of external skills and tapping into a certain process and having that persistence, of course, and that willpower to constantly better yourself, constantly get better for many, many, many years, all the way through your life, really.
2: But do you think it's easier for certain people to learn certain things?
1: Well, you know, easy and hard is very subjective, and it's difficult to really know the answer to that question. We do know that in every single example of people who do extraordinary well, it is a very, very long process. It requires an extraordinary amount of focus. It usually requires an extraordinary amount of sacrifice, spending time on one specific thing. It also requires a particular attitude towards failure. Most of us experience failure And we kind of react to that in a very negative way. It it doesn't feel good, obviously. And we think, oh, you know, that means I'm not good at this, that thing. I'm not going to try that again. That doesn't feel right. The people who actually go on to become great achievers actually learn that failure is an opportunity. Failure is an invitation to learn a skill that you don't yet have. So if you look at the practice habits, of a Michael Jordan or a Yo-Yo Ma or, or any other really great achiever, they're actually pushing themselves each and every day, each and every hour, to the end of their ability and then one step beyond so they can figure out what they're not good at yet and they can try to learn a lesson either from themselves or from practice or from a teacher about that particular skill they haven't developed yet and how they can acquire it.
2: Let's talk for a moment about IQ. You're not a big fan of the traditional IQ testing system.
1: IQ tests can be very useful, but they have been vastly abusive to people, I'm afraid. IQ tests our academic tests—they do do a good job of measuring our academic skills at whatever age. So, if you're 10 years old, you take an IQ test, and someone comes back and says you have a hundred IQ, it means that compared to all the other 10-year-olds, your academic abilities are actually perfectly average. That does not mean in any way that you were born or destined to be genetically perfectly average, and that you can't rise above that. You can't develop more academic abilities. that You can't be, in fact, an extraordinary intellect. It's just talking about measuring the abilities you have at that time. Plenty of research shows that IQ scores can go up, they can go down, and that we need to understand intelligence as really more an accumulation of skills than anything else.
2: How has this misunderstanding of human abilities caused public policy mistakes to be made, for example, in education?
1: Well, we are still laboring under the misapprehension that only certain people have the ability to be really good at stuff. These tests are useful for determining how well schools are doing, how well students are doing at any given time, but we need to get past the idea that they're revealing some sort of inner limit to each of us. What we need to understand is that we need to develop a new educational culture that truly embraces the idea that anyone can learn and grow and be quite intellectual and quite successful in whatever they're pursuing if they have the right teachers
2: our guest is david shank author of the genius in all of us why everything you've been told about genetics talent and iq is wrong david let's look at this from a parenting perspective every parent wants to help their child be the best they can be you've examined all sorts of scientific studies in writing this book so what did you learn that parents need to know
1: there are some important lessons here for parents. The first one is to understand that greatness is a process, talent is a process, intelligence is a process, and to pass that understanding onto your kids, that all these things are processes, and when you're not so good at something, it doesn't mean that you've discovered your ceiling, that you discover discovered that you've just got all this limited potential, but to have faith that over time, if you tap into a good process, and you really want something and you apply yourself over time, that that will develop. That mindset is important, and you cannot, you cannot achieve great things without that kind of mindset of having the faith that the process works for you.
2: You write about a number of sciences that most of us have never heard of. One is called epigenetics. Tell us about what that is and why it's so important.
1: Yes, epigenetics. This is where it gets really strange. And just going to sound mind-boggling. It's a brand-new era of science where we're understanding that not only do our genes get turned on and off by environmental demands, as we talked about earlier, but actually our lifestyle can affect the coding that's around our genes that we actually pass on to our children. So, for example, if I live a particularly poor nutritional life when I'm growing up, before I have children, I'm going to pass on certain epigenetic information, which is actually going to disadvantage my kids and even my grandkids. So I am actually, even though I'm passing on my genes unchanged, that part is true, and we've known that for years, it's the coding around the genes that also has a very important effect on what those genes do. So our lifestyle, as strange as this may sound to people, our lifestyle we're learning actually does affect how our genes play out in our kids and even in subsequent generations.
2: If you were to pick one thing that was the most surprising in your research into intelligence, what would it be?
1: Well, the epigenetic thing is absolutely shocking. There's no question about that. But I would say if there's one thing that's most important to me as a parent and as an individual myself, it's this idea of a new attitude towards failure. We are just... Drilled to think of failure as being something that is a bad thing, you know, that's a negative thing that we need to run away from. Failure is actually exactly the opposite. Failure is an opportunity. When we fail at something, it's showing us what can be if we try to figure out why that thing didn't quite work. And if we look harder at what didn't happen and we work toward making it right, we can actually improve our own skills and our lives.
2: Interesting and inspiring information. David Schenk, author of The Genius in All of Us, Why Everything You've Been Told About Genetics, Talent, and IQ is Wrong. He's also a regular blogger at TheAtlantic.com. David, do you have a website?
1: I sure do. It's genius.davidshank.com and that's S-H-E-N-K.
2: Well, thanks for being with us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
2: And I'm Taryn McCall for Infotrend.
0: Up next, with a few smart lifestyle choices, can you tap into your body's internal fountain of youth? Some cutting edge science is straight ahead. There's more info track coming up. Stay tuned.